Hi, this is Fred Tattashore, and you're listening to the Fandom Podcast. Hulk smash! You have to listen now! Listen now! Welcome to the Fandom Podcast. This is the show about the TV, movies, comics, and books that you love. Every week we give you a little bit of geek news and then jump into the fandoms for discussion. That episode was released a few days ago if you subscribe, but this is a bonus episode. Today in the United States is Thanksgiving, and a lot of the podcasts that I listen to have taken the week off to spend time with their extended family, and that's great, but if you're anything like me, then you might be able to use a little bit of a break from your extended family and in-laws today. Or maybe if you listen to this before you see your family, you can be prepared to change the topic when your crazy Uncle Joe starts talking about politics. We all have an Uncle Joe, and we all hate it when he starts talking politics. So in this episode, let's talk about the Infinity Stones. The Infinity Stones are the thread that run through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you have stayed for the post-credits in the Marvel movies, then you know that they tie in with Thanos, the big purple guy sitting in the chair, and that they are going to fit inside of that snazzy yellow gauntlet. Fine. I'll do it myself. But to get into more detail, there are six Infinity Stones. They are the Space Stone, the Mind Stone, the Reality Stone, the Power Stone, the Time Stone, and the Soul Stone. In the comics, these stones are created when an ancient, all-powerful being decides to commit suicide because he's lonely. His remains turn into the stones, and throughout Marvel's history, people are constantly using them and getting up to no good. I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Wrong universe, right concept. The Space Stone was first seen in Captain America, the first Avenger. It was known as the Tesseract. Hydra used it as an energy source for some weaponry, but the real power of the Space Stone is that it can control space. Loki used it in the first Avengers movie to open up a portal in space so that the Chitauri army could come through and help him take control of the Earth. But after being defeated, Thor took Loki and the Space Stone to Asgard. They locked up Loki, and they put the Tesseract in Odin's treasure room, which is considered one of the safest places in the Nine Realms, as long as the bad guy can't trick people into thinking that he's Odin. Anyway, I'm sure it's safe. The first time that we see the Mind Stone was in the first Avengers movie. Even though we didn't realize it until later, that funny-shaped scepter that Loki wielded, which was given to him by Thanos, had a glowing gem at the top of it. That gem allowed him to take control of people's minds. It makes sense since it's the Mind Stone, right? Wait, there's more. In Captain America Winter Soldier, during the mid-credits scene, it shows Hydra scientists using that scepter to give or to draw out powers from the Maximov twins. Yes, in the MCU, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch get their powers from the Mind Stone. Still not convinced of the power of the Mind Stone? After the Avengers raid that lab that Hydra has the scepter in, Tony Stark is able to use it to create the world's first true artificial intelligence, which backfires a little bit. And then that AI, or Ultron, uses it to create Vision. I don't know if they meant to do this, but it really strikes up a whole nature versus nurture debate. Uh, When Vision woke up, he had part of Ultron and part of Jarvis's program running in him, and he woke up in a room full of superheroes. 
Uh, put that in contrast with when Ultron woke up. He had unfettered access to the internet and after about two minutes decided that humanity must be destroyed. He probably got sucked into the comment section, is my guess. Uh, basically, the Mind Stone is pretty unpredictable and you should use it at your own risk. The Mind Stone currently sits in the middle of Vision's forehead and it's probably well protected since Vision is constantly aware of where it's at. The Reality Stone is the only of the stones that does not appear to be, well, a stone. We first meet the Reality Stone in Thor the Dark World, where the evil Dark Elf, Malekith, tries to use it to plunge the universe into eternal darkness. Of course, the Asgardians stop him, and the universe is saved for another day. That other day happens to be many years later, when Jane Foster gets sucked into a portal, and the whole Dark World scene happens again. And, well, the Asgardians win, and they take the ether away for safekeeping. But you know what? My biggest problem with the use of this reality stone is that the power of the reality stone is to control reality. You can do anything that you want with this. Cats lying down with dogs? No problem. 2 plus 2 equals 5? Sure. Why not? Fame, fortune, power? Your wish is my command. And all Malekith wanted to do was make the world dark? Come on, where's your imagination? I guess that's why the bad guy always loses, though. Not enough imagination for a good plan. For a stone so powerful, I was a little surprised that the Asgardians decided to give it to somebody else to safeguard, but I guess Odin already had one Infinity Stone in his possession. So they gave it to the Collector, Benicio Del Toro's character in Guardians of the Galaxy. Because, well, he seems super trustworthy, right? Speaking of the Guardians of the Galaxy, that's where we first see the Power Stone. Star-Lord's introduction, where he's singing and dancing, come and get your love, while using alien rats as microphones is the first time that we see the Power Stone, or at least the case for the Power Stone. The world that he is on looks like a bomb went off, and well, since the Power Stone was there, it probably did. The Power Stone is an unlimited power source. Think about it kind of like nuclear energy. When it's harnessed correctly, it can be an extremely strong power source, but when it's allowed to overload, it turns into a destructive force. The same is true for the Power Stone, and that's why it can only be used by the extremely strong. Ronan the Accuser was a Kree warrior, or one of the top Kree warriors, and was able to use it because of his strength, and the fact that he actually wasn't really touching it. He had it inside of his hammer. Even uh, the Celestial that was shown in the clip where the Collector is explaining its history and its power has it inside of a staff, so it must not like being touched. So the fact that Peter Quill could control it with the rest of his team is actually quite impressive. At the end of the movie, the Guardians of the Galaxy double-cross the Ravagers, giving them a troll doll instead of the Power Stone, and they give the Power Stone to the Nova Corps for protection. I had a lot of hopes that the Nova Corps would use the Power Stone to give their elite members some real power, kind of like they have in the comics. But at this point, I don't think we're going to get that. There just isn't enough time left in the movie timeline. Speaking of time... In Marvel's latest movie, Doctor Strange, we are introduced to the Time Stone. I think that Marvel got a little lazy with the hints because in this movie, Wong tells Doctor Strange something to the effect of, be careful with that Infinity Stone. It felt a little forced, but you know, if anyone would know what an Infinity Stone would be, it would be Wong and the other sorcerers, and after 14 MCU movies, it should probably be us as well. In the MCU, the amulet that Doctor Strange wears is called the Eye of Agamotto, and it's the Time Stone. I think this is the first time that the villains of the movie weren't actually after this object of great power. 
which is kind of a breath of fresh air because Marvel's had a pattern of uh, bad guys get the magical MacGuffin, good guys have to go chase the magical MacGuffin. Uh, so right now it's assumed that the Eye of Agamotto is still sitting in the sanctuary in Kapala, but if Doctor Strange is living in the New York sanctuary, maybe it's in there. The Soul Stone is the last of the Infinity Stones, and it's the only one that we haven't seen yet. At least we don't know that we've seen it. With the timeline for the movies, it only makes sense that it's going to make its appearance in Thor Ragnarok, which is kind of interesting that the majority of the Soul Stones have been tied in with these Asgardians. Seems seems like a little bit more work than they're worth. This drink, I like it. I know, it's great, right? Another! One of the recently cast villains in Ragnarok is Hela who, in the comics, she has power to resurrect the dead and turn them into warriors. And both in Legends and comics, she's the Asgardian version of Hades ruling the underworld. Uh, Interestingly enough, in the comics, one of the abilities of the Soul Stone is to resurrect the dead. If I had to put money on how this stone would come into play, it would either be being used by her or being used to stop her. But I guess we're going to have to wait and see on that one. Okay, now is probably a good time to take an earbud out and see if Uncle Joe has finished with his political rant yet. If he isn't, feel free to send us an email to feedback at fandompodcast.com and let us know which of the Infinity Stones you would want to have. After you've sent that email, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast. If you're not, you can go to fandompodcast.com slash iTunes on your iOS device or fandompodcast.com slash Android on your Android device, or you can just search your favorite podcast app for the Fandom Podcast. If Uncle Joe is still going on, I would recommend heading over to fandompodcast.com slash Amazon to check out all the Black Friday deals. Uh, Whether you are buying your own Christmas presents or presents for other people, using that link will help support us. Amazon will send a percentage of your purchase our way, and it won't cost you anything extra. Wow, Uncle Joe's still going, huh? Here's my last tip for you. Head over to fandompodcast.com slash audible and sign up for a 30-day free trial. Audible has over 200,000 books, and the last book that I listened to, Superpowered's Year 3, was over 50 hours long. If that can't get you through Uncle Joe's rant, then, well, nothing will. If you decide that you don't like the book that you chose, Audible has a great listen guarantee. You can return the book, pick something else out, and at the end of 30 days, if you choose to cancel your subscription, the book is yours to keep forever. But if you're anything like me, you'll probably stay a member and get a new book each month and access to their streaming content. Well, good luck with Uncle Joe, and until next time, may the fandom be with you.